1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: Atlanta! What's going on? It's Dukes and Bell on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We start off every day and every hour by saying, Hey, man! man. Hope you're having a great day, Uh, Mike. I am, just for extra precautions, wiping this uh, area down. I know Andy, and it it is weird to see uh, him with a mask on. He said it was uncomfortable all day. I think, you know, everybody was so over the mask thing. And, again, right. he had COVID, and so he's been out last week. But uh, but I just told Jason Whispers out there who runs our Twitch and our YouTube, mm. I was like, yeah, this is when I get it. I hadn't had it. This is when I get it. Just casually walking into the studio, and he was laughing out there. Listen, for those of you who had it and mm. survived, uh, and he was just telling us, you know, some of the things that bothered him. And I'm just sitting here thinking, I- I'm so lucky, man. I- Did you have it? Yeah, for me, it was just like the body
3: aches. My throat was on fire. You know, That was my, my that throat, what throat. That was, was just driving me crazy. And then uh, I was vaccinated, and I had the boosters, so mine was pretty mild. My wife never got – she was literally, you know, she was fighting it and wasn't going to do it. And literally the week that she got the vaccination, she came down with it. So she yeah. had it bad. She had hair falling out and memory loss. Oh, and all. really? Yeah, it was, it was really bad. It was acute. It was the real – that's why, I mean, look, I'm ne- look, never going to tell people to do what you do, and I know that a lot of people don't want to get – now – I don't know if I'm – see, that's the thing. I don't even know if I'm going to get the booster again because I don't know where to go with this. I was uh, was pro-vax
2: at the time, and now I'm kind of on the fence, but I do know people who didn't got jammed up. It's a lot of age stuff. I mean, this is not where we're going to be today, guys, but we're just talking about it because Andy's leaving and uh, we're coming in here, and it's kind of like – one of those lost periods. There was a time you came you came into the studio, everything needed to be wiped down. Right. Every time somebody changed, you wiped your mics down. And we kind of got out of that habit because, obviously, we're moving past it. But it's still out there, obviously, right. and, and Andy was dealing yeah, with you know, it. So. Yeah, but the thing is, like, go,
3: getting back to the thing with crowds, because you know, now we're going back to going to baseball games, football games. you know, Basketball games, you're in a crowd. You're hanging around. You're at the airport. You're doing your normal thing. So it's just, I think, like I said, we all knew this was going to come.
2: You'll be dealing with it. But it is kind of a drag because like, our company, like all companies, I suppose, a lot of people have protocols. All right. I'll tell you who else has protocols, and that's the Atlanta Hawks. Protocols on what they're going to do moving towards the trade deadline. Because this is when you pick up the phone, you make phone calls, You inquire, and you also see how you can make your team better. Now, tonight, the Hawks take on the Pelicans, guys. Zion is fine. And he should play. They've been without Brandon Ingram and a couple of other guys. But listen, they're still competitive. C.J. McCollum, that trade is paid off for, for New Orleans. And then they'll make their way home. Mike and I will be at State Farm Arena on Thursday getting you ready for Hawks and Suns. Mm-hmm. By the time the game rolls around, okay, we're going to know what this team looks like. And if nothing has changed, and by the way, I have a – a feeling that it may nothing nothing may change, Mike. The just, great, big, nothing. Well, it's kind of upsetting me because I keep saying if you think we're a real contender, then you're trying to make this team better, and you're just not going to stay the course. If we stay the course, what makes you believe there will be a better than a 500 team? With that said, I want you to hear some of the things Landry Field said today because this is the general manager, Mike. This is the guy calling yeah. the shots. The numero uno honcho, the big cheese, <laughs> <laughs> top dog. This is who's making the decisions. No one is influencing his decision-making. He alone sits behind that desk and makes the call. All right, here's what he said to our morning show. Landry Fields talking about, I have to take calls.
4: And I'd be foolish not to take calls and and listen to to certain offers in order for us to continue to get better because you only have so many opportunities to adjust and change in a way that you think is going to be beneficial.
2: All right, so Mm -hmm. you got to take phone calls. And Chris was just telling me he still thinks Zion is out tonight. He's dealing with that hamstring. Hamstrings are tricky. But either Mm -hmm. way, um, this is a winnable game, and that's my point. With or without the injuries, you should be heading back, feeling good about the road trip. This is one you're supposed to get. The the Nuggets game, you didn't feel as good about. But as far as the general manager, Landry Fields, okay, so you have to take calls. But then what are you doing? Are you taking calls for John Collins or Bogey or whomever mm. or else? There's only two untradable guys right now, right, Mike? Yeah. It's, uh, De- it's DeJounte and Trey. That's it. Everybody
3: else is negotiable. Now, if I'm going to – but here's the thing, though. Here's where it gets interesting. Let me just play devil's advocate. Okay. And I'm not comfortable in this role, but bear with me. What if we finally do make a run the way we did two years ago because DeJounte and Trey continue to – Get to get their thing rolling. I know this is a big. I know you guys are laughing in your cars. And that Dejon Collins consistently goes for twenty. DeAndre Hunter did go for twenty and twenty six in the last two games. If he continues that uptick after the All Star break, then you could conceivably win ten out of twelve, go on a run, and then lock into six seed. And then once you're in the playoffs, anything's possible. What's not possible is playing three games in seventy two hours and then going to travel to play Miami the next day. That was impossible, and we saw that last year. We we can't be in the play-in game. But I'm saying, once we're in the tournament, if you don't monkey around with anything and we get on a run, I mean, then you, and maybe sometimes the best move is standing pat. It's just at this point, John Collins has been traded so many times in virtual trades and rumors, it seems like it's almost silly,
2: doesn't it? It does. But I want to understand what you're saying. You're saying we're going to get in, we're going to (laughs) play better than we've played. And I'm supposed to believe that all of a sudden now we get stops and we play better defense. Yes. And wait, hold on. And let me understand. And DeAndre Hunter becomes this complete player that we've been dreaming about. Right. And hold on. DeJounte and Trey all of a sudden become a duo right. that everybody respects and admires around the NBA. That's a lot, Mike. And, then, and, and,
3: and coach stops doing stupid substitutions. And Trey plays every day. Keep going. Um, Keep going, and and the dog ate my homework. Now again, twenty seven and eleven. That's when Nate took over on March first, uh, two years ago, and we went twenty seven and eleven. Can we do that again?
2: No, no, we
3: can't. So no. That's, that's why I said I'll just play devil's Avenue no. for about two and, minutes. And but that's and that's the only reason you would stand pat to feel we can get healthy and be on a heater. We have been pretty much healthy.
2: Capella missed about two weeks, but that's been about it. And with all that said, we're a five hundred team. If you're the general manager and you went down the list, Mike, just went down and said, here's all the positive things that are going to happen over the next 30 games, you'd be fooling yourself. Landry Fields, don't fool yourself. The reason why we can't go on that run, here's the deal. I'm sorry, it just amuses me. Uh, When we made the coaching change, because we all have short memories. It's Dukes and Bell, it's Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We needed new energy. We got it. That doesn't happen again. That doesn't happen again. We needed new energy from LP, and everybody around town was screaming, LP's gotta go. Mm -hmm. And when he went, we said, Oh, Nate's gonna do a good job. Trey's gonna play hard for Nate. This is a perfect fit. You guys forget? That's what happened. Right. And all of a sudden then we go on a run because, oh, this is a perfect fit. Nate's gonna, it was new energy. There is no new energy right now. You got a coach that has got a foot out the door, okay? This is what's going on. So the idea that I am supposed to, supposed to believe, and guys, I hope they prove me wrong. I hope they do. But if I'm supposed to believe that all of the things Mike just laid out are going to go right for our team, and we're not going to do jack at the trade deadline. Right. Zero. Say it with me. Zero. Nothing. You get nothing. How am I supposed to believe that we're going to make a deep run? Right. No, well, then here's the
3: other thing. If you uh, start moving peace, like you move bogey, and you don't really get much. You get draft picks.
2: Aren't you kinda of sitting to the fans it's a white flag? Aren't you? I mean, isn't that, isn't that really is not that it? I think so, Mike, but I'm sorry. Turtle just whispered in my ear, DJ's got a migraine. He's questionable for that. Okay. Well look, I've never had one.
3: I, I can't, and I know people have. I've had misery. I had one, yeah. and I missed a day. Yeah. So I don't. I won't poop on that. I don't. I can't speak to it because I know people, because every time I have, people go, well, you never had one, which I haven't, so I can't speak to it. <laughs> one. And, and, people and, it cr- it. and it crushed yeah. me. And pe- I know you had one, and you were knocked out of the box for
2: like almost 36 hours. I was done. Like the night before, I was like, what is the right. deal? Couldn't sleep. All right. I'm not, the I'm not <laughs> mad at DeJounte. All I'm saying is, can we... Can
3: we get a whole team together? See, this is, this is the Hawks. This is the NBA. So, this is one of those you say, over the course of 82 games, if DeJounte Murray has a migraine, okay. What was Trey's excuse the other night? What was the excuse in he Denver? Was, he was tired. We'll just say it. You know I mean? That's just <laughs> you know, I don't know. Trey, I don't know if that's true. Trey Young, out, parentheses, lazy. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, that, that's, and then we can all be straight and know that Trey didn't want to play, and that's the way the cookie crumbled. So, why do we go up, one down, one up, one down? We're a 500 team. So the thing is, this could be one of those moments where, and I don't know because we have this our first. We just heard. We're going to hear more from Landry Fields, and he may have outside influences. Nick Wrestler. So, do you, <laughs> do you say
4: not ready to go?
3: <laughs> you know that I, I. I mean, do you have the wherewithal to tweak this thing and and project it upwards, onwards, and upwards? And that's where when you look at this, everybody's alive because of the playing games. A lot of teams want to get something. Yeah, and. The money doesn't really work. The only way we do something big is for Tony Wrestler to pay the luxury tax. And that's
2: not going to happen from what I'm reading. What do you guys think? Countdown's on. General manager says they're taking calls. 404 741 0929. It's our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Let's put it out there. Turtle, do we make a deal or not? Do you think the Hawks are players? Are we going to risk anything to make our team better? Mm. We'll put it out there at Dukes and Bell 929. Chuck Smith's going to join us next, guys. Super Bowl 57 on Sunday. We'll get his thoughts on what he thinks and who has the advantages as we look ahead to Super Bowl 57 next. The music represents our man, Chuck Smith. He is here, Dr. Rush. He teaches uh, pass rush skills. To uh, guys around the NFL, veterans, uh, guys in college, high schoolers, Mm. and he has a variety of clients in the NFL. People
3: on the street, Carl, he could be driving down the street and Chuck will see a guy and just, you'll jump out of the car. Next thing you know, this guy's got a swim
2: move. (laughs) He's always teaching. (laughs) Chuck, let's start, man, with the hire of Ryan Nielsen. We heard from him for the first time yesterday on the show as he spoke to the media. So the Falcons get a new DC. What are your thoughts?
4: Well, I'm excited. I'm excited for a change. I like the fact that he's younger and a little more, I think, progressive from a standpoint of he's a defensive line coach that understands the importance of developing the guys up front. And also, like, when he kind of said in, some, in so many words that we're trying to build a new culture. We're You know, we're basically starting from scratch outside of the big guy in the middle, Grady Jarrett. You know, I really like him. I like the fact that he's developed talent. And even looking at Cam Jordan, look at the level Cam Jordan's been able to play at for so long. And you got to give the D-line coach a lot of credit because that's the guys who really developed those players. It
3: is. Big Chuck Smith with us, guys. We'll talk about who we saw at the Senior Bowl. But philosophy, Chuck, I know we've talked about coaches – developing talent and that's one of the things he talked about we've got young guys but the first thing first to make the young guys better we got to get some free agents in here but again the idea that being aggressive and I know that we've talked to you about it it seems to fans like man when you're in that zone coverage and you have no pass rush it just seems like any quarterback can pick you apart
4: yeah because if you sit back in zone with a competent quarterback that means first down Mm -hmm. same way with teams that rush three if you sit back there and you let Tom Brady or any of the great quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes, sit back there, they're going to always find a, a hole. They're going to find a receiver that sat down. You got to be aggressive because the only chance you got against these high-performance next-level quarterbacks is you got to be able to generate pass rush and you got to be able to do it with multiple players. It's not going to be one player. And when you look at the teams that are in the dance now, they got two, three, four different guys. They got guys. Listen, the Eagles got Robert Quinn, a guy who's going to be on the Hall of Fame ballot. He's on the bench. You know, they rotate a lot of guys. You look at the Chiefs, they got, they've done good with drafting, guys like Carl Loftus, but also Chris Jones. It's just going to be important. You've got to have the bodies. Now, we, we know that. Coach is behind the wheel a little bit on that. But the only way that you're going to ever be able to win a championship is be able to get after the quarterback. And you've got to get Patrick Mahomes on the ground. And let me say this before we move on, Mike. I hear a lot of coaches, and I hear, man, we want to get him off the spot. Well, you get Patrick Mahomes off the spot, he's still effective. (laughs) The only way you're going to have a chance, you got to get him on the ground. That's the only way you can guarantee success against these players, and and that's going to be a, a great challenge for the Falcons as they continue to develop these pass rushers.
2: Chuck Smith, our guest guys here on Dukes and Bell. He'll join us on Friday. We'll predict what's going to happen on Sunday. And we'll look at some of the key matchups up front. Chuck, I, uh, I watched this 30 for 30 bullies of Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I thought about you because the attitude <laughs> I did, yeah. that attitude of that defense was ridiculous. And, you know, again, it's been 23 years. So we forget, right? I mean, how dominant, and then you start seeing the games and remembering certain things that took place. And I'm just wondering, you know, they're saying this, this is – they claim they're the best defense of all time. Who do you think is the best defense of all time? Who's your best?
4: Well, let me tell you there's two that are below the best in my opinion. A lot of people say the 85 Bears, phenomenal, dominant. You know, Richard Dent, the, the big guys, Hampton, McMichael in the middle. And to me, when you think about great defenses, They annihilate the the opponent, so they fit that bill. The Ravens, there's no question the 2,000 Ravens are in that mix, dominant. You saw that. I've watched the Bullies of Baltimore, and it took me back, and I can't lie, the hair stood up on my arm because that's how we played. And when you saw Saragusa celebrating, they hurt the quarterback. (laughs) That's just how we played. And when you heard me the other day talk about Patrick Mahomes, and we were talking last week about, I would do whatever I can to get him out the game. I might, If it's close, I'm going to take a shot. But to me, the greatest defense is the one that is never that never gets talked about. It's the 91 Eagles, in my opinion. Reggie White, Clyde Simmons, Jerome Brown, all first team, all pros. Seth Joyner. But let me just drop this. They had 50, 55 sacks. They had 43 forced fumbles. Wow. 26 interceptions. They barely gave up over two yards versus the run, but guess what? Their offense, you think Trent Dilfer and those guys were bad for the for that 2,000 Ravens. Randall Cunningham gets hurt in the first quarter. They don't even make the playoffs. Mm. To me, this team is the best defense of all time. They don't get credit because they never, ever built a legacy. They didn't get to build a championship. No one got to see them in championship runs, so I, I really believe and it's the the 1991 Philadelphia Eagles and the D coordinator was Bud Carson who inherited all Buddy Ryan's guys. But to me, that's the one, and most people will be like, "Wow!" But you got to do your research. Those guys were incredible.
3: Also, on that 30 for 30, guys, again, it's about the uh, the bullies of Baltimore. You can check it out because we'll use it as a reference point a lot this week. It's uh, Chuck Smith with his guys on Dukes and Bell. Trent Dilfer talking about the different attitude of the of – the, you just said it. You, when when Goose falls on Gannon, all right, yeah. you got the Raiders. He's knocked out. And nowadays you can't touch him. He was intimating in today's game. Brady, Rodgers, doesn't like contact. I'll throw a name at, at guys because I don't think it's fair to Chris Chandler. He was called Crystal Chandelier. That guy stood in the pocket and took punishment <laughs> that nobody would take yeah. in today's NFL, right?
4: No way. I remember, listen, people talking about – Chris in those days, but it was the wild, wild West. I mean, guys were taking shot. Guys would try to put bounties on people. And I know people hated the Saints years ago about the mm-hmm. bounty. We put bounties on people every week. We put money on it. We put bounties. We absolutely would would, would be proud when we knocked the guy out. Now, what Trent Dilfer said to me, is somewhat, you know, it, it's somewhat factual, mm-hmm. but It's unfair. You can't penalize these guys because the NFL changed the rules. Yeah, they benefit from not being able to reroute receivers and take, you know, head shots. But part of this game was keeping it healthy. But those players will adjust. Tom Brady could have played in that era, in our era. You know, Patrick Mahomes would have played in that era. They would have just adjusted their games to be in it now. I can tell you this. They would have came out games a lot more sore. They would have had a lot more guys out the game. You know, but to me, Trent Dilford, I just think he kind of got caught up in the moment, but I don't I don't believe in what he says because you can't, you can't penalize these guys because they never got a chance to play in that era. Chuck, you were a captain, uh,
2: played in the Super Bowl. I'm curious to know, Andy mm-hmm. Reid uh, apparently this week set up the Kansas City Chiefs facilities just like at home, and I'm wondering, you know, how did you manage the week, the schedule, families, all the things that go with it, because... It's an experience only few a few people get to actually experience, and you know if you're lucky like Brady, you go back ten times. Come on, most guys yes. only get one shot. So tell us about your experience and how you managed the week and the schedules and all that went on with it.
4: Well, the first thing is you got to manage the expectations of everyone around you, because when you go to the Super Bowl and when you have the kind of run we had, everybody wants to be a part. And at some point, they do become a part. But you're only limited on tickets. You're limited on your time. And when you get there, one of the things that we did, we went crazy. <laughs> I listen. We, <laughs> hey, hey, remember, we 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 really the first team that was had all that kind of hip hop, you know, kicking it. We had all the celebrities, the rap cats around us because being from Atlanta, and a lot I didn't personally, but a lot of guys in our team they started. You know, getting appearances and Sports Illustrated and Mm -hmm. parties—you make a lot of money. And I think the difference is we played against the Broncos. They had already been there. Mm -hmm. They were way out in Fort Lauderdale. That most of those guys didn't do much. They were more focused. But I think you know, being the first time getting there, I think part of that was that we were new, we were young, and we had a lot of young guys that hadn't been there. And when those opportunities presented itself, I think that kind of affected us a little bit that week. I think guys. At practice, you got to be able to practice. You got to be able to focus. Mm -hmm. But me personally, you know, I actually didn't go down to on the beach. I I really didn't. But a lot of guys did, and I just think the way that Kansas City's handling it, I think the Eagles—they've been there. Both teams, they have a new age approach, and I think the guys understand more that you know you got to kind of treat it truly as a business trip, and not more as an opportunity just to you know you want to win, but. Winning starts during the week, and our experience. I just think, you know, we was in the A. Hey, we turned. We hey, listen, we wasn't far removed from freak Nick, man. So you yeah. know, we we, yeah. took, we we took it down to the beach. So I didn't think that helped us.
3: Yeah, they were right there, right in the action to Miami, right over by the airport. And the other thing, Chuck, yeah. I remember that the families. Dan Reeves thought it'd be kind of cool that people have the families at the hotel, which I guess in hindsight got Eugene Robinson off the premises, and that got us in some other trouble. <laughs>
1: Well,
4: you know what happened with Eugene is just part of history, and it didn't help. But you know that's part of it. You mm-hmm. know, listen, this Super Bowl—it's—it's—you can't even dream of what it's like to be a part of it. It's just—I know a lot of fans get to experience it now, but it's everything, guys. I, I mean, listen—I remember in our hotel, I seen Dennis Rodman—he walking around. He got. I mean, a backpack full of money trying to invite us to go to this party. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, man. I mean, mm. you got to think about it like this. I, I just remember the week before we went to the Super Bowl, I remember walking in a club. We're celebrating beating the, the, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I remember walking in the club. It's Diddy. It's Jay-Z. It's all those guys. J-Lo. I mean, all these stars, they're bigger now than obviously they were back then. They rocking Dirty Bird jerseys. You know, so when you go, it doesn't stop. I mean, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the tunnel next to Cher. you know. I'm Tom <laughs> Landry's right there. Right. So you know, it's, um, it's an incredible. And I always say this: I would rather have gotten a one and lost than mm. never gotten a one.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I'd rather try and, and at least have the experience. Hey, before we let you go, 2016, we get there. We had the highest scoring yeah. offense in the NFL. Matt Ryan, Julio. Sure. Grady. All right. Yeah. So if they played your Super Bowl
4: team, who wins? <laughs>
2: who wins between the 16 hey, Falcons and the 98 Falcons if we played a game?
4: Y'all about to get these Falcon fans turned up. <laughs> All right. I'm not going to be biased. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'm not going to be biased. I'll just say this. It'd be a good – let me tell you where the matchup – I think we had the advantage – we had an 1,800-yard rusher mm. in Jamal who could have won the MVP. We had four guys on our defensive line that had double-digit sacks at certain points in their career. Now, as far as offensive line, we were a little more veteran. We had 2,000-yard receivers. But I think, I, I, think, I think we do. We had two guys in our secondary that made all-pro, Pro Bowl, Jesse Tuggle, Pro Bowl. But, you know, I think like with Grady and some of those guys, you know, I think they would have given us a lot of trouble. Obviously, Julio speaks for itself. And Matt Ryan was the MVP. I would, I would say this. I, th- I give us the edge a little bit, but that's something that would be awesome that we could have all matched up because right. both of us were, you know, had a magical season. But I just think mm-hmm. we are from the bullies of Baltimore era. Right. I think we would have tapped them boys out.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy
0: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: Chuck Smith for stopping by, talking about the Falcons. It's kind of a fun, interesting conversation. 16 Falcons taking on the 98 Falcons. And Mike and I were just in here reminiscing about... The 98 year Mm. in the team. And Mike was talking about the Super Bowl halftime performances. (laughs) And we were laughing because, you know, again, it's not Mm. always been this way. Where you get the gigantic artist or artist all at once. And there was a shift, you know, and and it it was funny. Because there was an original shift after the 98 Super Bowl. And then after the 2000 Super Bowl with Nipplegate, there was another shift. That we were going to be clean and wholesome. And and now it's kind of like, you know what, just give us the best, most relevant, popular artist it's not always going to please everybody. I love Rihanna; she's the halftime show this year. But you were talking about that year.
3: Yeah, the irony of the year that Falcons played the Broncos because we were there at uh, you know at Pro Player Stadium. Then it had 15 different names. But Kiss, and I, we always want a lot of guys want a hard rock show like me for halftime, which will never happen now. But it was Kiss that played pregame. And they had the cheerleaders dressed up in kiss makeup (laughs) on the field. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. But at halftime, it was Gloria Estefan, Stevie Wonder, Uh. Big Bad Voodoo Daddy. So it was kind of like, you know, it was one of those, like, a group effect, a group uh, group effort. And then a year later, Phil Collins here in Atlanta, Christina Aguilera, Tony Braxton, big choir in Atlanta. So I get it. But it really, well, the one that changed everything was the year of the Ravens, which are ironically, that 30-for-30 30 30 we were talking about with Chuck, that was January of 2007. Obviously, 9-11 happened nine months later. But that was Aerosmith with Britney Spears in sync. That's the one that kind of created the super-duper thing. And you just mentioned it. Obviously, the U2 is one that some people consider the greatest of all time. You and I were down in New Orleans for that one. Uh, and then you move forward, and then yes, the Janet Jackson nipplegate in Houston with uh, Justin Timberlake, and after that, then the Super Bowl said we are now only going to have artists 65 years or older or to dead. Yeah, was the
2: demographic to your point. Then they they, they
3: swung it to the pendulum went the other way for like four years.
2: I uh, being at that particular Super Bowl, uh, I've been fortunate in my career. Been to a lot of them, but I didn't even we, most of us didn't even realize the Janet Jackson thing had happened. Right when you're at the game, it's different. Then watching those performances at home and seeing them, and I don't even know if people remember at home. It was such a big deal. No, I was I, I came home on uh, Sunday morning. I didn't stay for the game, and I, I barely remember it even happening on television. Yeah, and and I just remember people freaking out, yeah. and uh, you know, it, it's crazy because Beyonce was at that particular concert, as, or concert that Super Bowl as well, and and being from Houston, she was there, and I remember seeing her mm. in the tunnel, and all this transpired, and then yeah, yeah everything changed, but. To your point, Paul McCartney and the Rolling I mean, Stones. For my money,
3: now you too, because it was so inspirational after 9-11.
2: But the Prince, Prince in the rain at the Hard Rock, now the Hard Rock. One which of my to, me the best. to me, that's the best. One of my favorites, yeah. man. I mean, he played like there was nothing yeah. going on and right. killed it. Rest in peace, Prince. It's Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. That got us on this whole Super Bowl halftime right. show thing. All right, coming up, guys, we're going to get to an NFL blitz. Also, a little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk to our man, Kevin Harlan. Also, we'll get a chance to talk about some of the bets this week guy that you may know. His name's Brandon Lang. There was a movie called Two for the Money. It's really good. About his life. Matthew McConaughey played his character. Played him in, in the in the movie. But Brandon uh, has a, a host of the Believe Me podcast. Um, he's doing a lot of different stuff. Very knowledgeable. Very fun and entertaining. You're going to enjoy him if you've not heard him before. But that's going to happen a little bit later on in the show. Alright. Turtle is back today behind the glass. Our engineer, Bo Morgan, is executive producing.
1: Let's
2: hit some headlines.
1: Strap in, youngins. Hitting the headlines with Dukes and Bell. All
2: right, here's Landry Fields. Trade deadline is Thursday. We'll be counting down and seeing now. Can they make a move before then? Yes. You just saw Kyrie get traded. Mm. You don't have to wait to the deadline. But I don't know if we're going to do anything. And Landry Fields, our general manager today on 92.9 The Game, was saying they're weighing all their options.
4: What we are seeing is some good fruit. So far, of what we've been doing and the increased communication and making sure we have clear expectations for guys and them responding in the way in which they're doing is positive.
2: What, what does that even mean? Okay, so he's talking about weighing the, pro- the progress of our own players. Okay. Like what you were saying, you know, when we started right. the show about here's what's going to happen the next okay. 30 games versus making moves. So, in this
3: algorithm, in this. <laughs> I don't know, this projection of how we're going to do this, how they work on this. So that's where DeAndre Hunter goes for 25 every night. John Collins
2: goes for 15 and 10 every night. Right? That's what he's saying. Bogey goes for 20, 18 to 20. Yeah. We're we're weighing the progress of our own players versus making moves. And if we believe, this is what I think he's translating, Landry Fields, that our players are getting better and doing the things that Mike laid out, all these positive things that could happen, Mm. then why would we make a move? We've got to weigh that. Okay, I get it. I still don't know if we're a championship-caliber team. If all of that plays out, we still – I don't know if we're a championship-caliber team. The thing is –
3: and I didn't really think about this the first time we talked about it at the top of the show. If you do something that ends – the net result is is a negative. In other words, you're not getting the production back if you move bogey off because you don't want to take on that contract. Sure. That sends the wrong message to the fans. To me, the fans then say, well, what are we doing here? If you do do nothing – at least you're not selling, and you're saying, and "I know it's a we're thin, good enough. We're good it's, enough." It's a thin argument, but you can say, "Well, the Nets are going to come back to, you know, the, if Miami can't put a trade together, we can we can leapfrog them." And again, but you got to do, but 15 things have to fall into place for that to work. I outlined it earlier, so I don't know. And, but again, because it's such a super competitive market, not a lot of sellers, a lot of potential buyers, right? Right. Everybody has a shot. I don't know. I I literally have
2: I know you have no expectations, Carl. You can't be disappointed. What do you you think we're gonna be talking about something big on uh, on see, Thursday? Well see, that's my that's my issue though. I have expectations for all of our teams. I'm not talking about customer service in Thailand. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about our teams. I have expectations for the Falcons, I have expectations for the Braves, I have expectations for Atlanta United, I have expectations for our Atlanta Hawks, I have expectations for Georgia Tech, I have expectations for Georgia. All of our teams and I sit here, Mike, and I shouldn't have to be, as a fan, going, well, I hope we do something, man. We're pretty good, but, you know, I don't know if we'll get over the top. Well, if we're not going to get over the top, General Manager Landry Fields, do something to get us over the top. See, that's the thing, but then if you, go for, if you go for the big reset,
3: after just signing DeJounte Murray to all that money, then what are you telling folks, what are you telling DeJounte? DeJounte may bolt, and then you really screwed yourself, because now you gave all these picks for nothing. Yeah. If he doesn't
2: want to be part of a rebuild. I mean, you you can't really take it that far, can you? No, but you've got to show DeJounte that you are building a championship-caliber team. Right. He's got a decision to make before pretty much – I mean, if you're going to talk about what this is going to look like in two years, you better impress him. Mm. If you want him and Trey to be together, then you need to be showing him, just like the Mavs just showed Luka, we're uh, we're attempting to build a championship-caliber team. It may or may not work, but Luka, we're going to do everything we can, and we're going to show you – Mike, that's part of this sale, guys. Luca could walk from the Mavs when his deal is up, just like Trey totally. could. So if you're not selling these stars on, hey, we're doing everything we can to win and win now, not when you're 38, right. then then I don't know what you're doing.
3: See, I mean, in a perfect world, this team was performing like it should. Do we go as, add the athletic wing, right? Yeah, and we, and we and we keep on moving, or somebody who's a really tough, gritty defender that's going to help you in the in the playoffs, physicality. That's a, if you're looking for something that's I mean but when you're 500 and you're just completely average and we're playing the Pelicans and they're completely average tonight too if you look at their season you know and there's a lot and there's a lot of teams just like us that are on the cusp and they may or may or not be sellers
2: Zion out Ingram probable Valadez probable DJ we mentioned tonight DeJounte Murray he's got a migraine they just announced it don't know if he'll play tonight maybe he will maybe he won't hopefully he gets better between now and game time. It's Dukes and Bell. Headlines brought to you by our friends at ATL Live Well. Low testosterone doesn't have to keep you down. Call ATL Live Well today. Don't just live live well. What did you think about opening night last night? Did you see any of the, the craziness? Yeah, I mean, like we know the drill. Uh, you know, for years now, it's been about uh, almost 20 years. You have,
3: like, Comedy Central, and you have everybody who's uh, a stand-up comedian or uh, a radio show or a syndicated program. They're going to have their goofy guys, you know, barstool asking snarky questions, all that stuff. The one that uh, I saw, I, I tweeted about earlier, Somebody asked Sirianni, so is this a must-game win for the Eagles? (laughs) No, you idiot. So, again, yes, at first blush, funny. But, you know, you and I, like, I got to be honest. When I was, when I first went to my first Super Bowl, which was here with the Falcons. Yeah. In 98, it was like, oh, wow. And then after 20 years, it just becomes a lot of grab-ass. You know, it just really does. And it's. You know, you get some smoking hot uh, tomato from Univision, and you know, it's just, it is what it is. But, and these guys have to sit through the press conference, the coaches have to do it all all week long. Yeah. But this was the one big, uh, you know, dog and pony show last night. It was. I I, I watched about five minutes of it.
2: I will say this it it does give the players and the coaches, those pictures, by the way, just popped up on my phone. uh, When we were in Houston for our Super Bowl, oh, 51. Um, And we went to opening night, Mike mentioned it was at Minute Maid Park. And I've got a picture of, you know, uh, Chester and the O-line and guys right. talking. And and it was a fun night because nothing had happened yet. But, um, Mike, the thing is when you go through this, the advantage for the players is they get to sit in those, you know, they're elevated. they're in these, with, And you're kind of looking around the room. And then after your time is up, because you're on a clock. Right. Then they get to get up and leave, and you said it. They don't have to deal with this the rest of the week. So this is kind of be stupid, have mm-hmm. fun, ask dumb questions, and there was a lot of that last night. We'll let you hear what was said. Andy Reid talking about the Chiefs and the Eagles because he's coached in both places. Patrick Mahomes talking about his ankle and his role models and all of this stuff. We'll get to some of this coming up in our NFL yeah, Blitz. Sirianni kind of uh, said something which surprised a lot of people about this game and, and the guy he's up against. We're going to talk about it next. NFL Blitz is on the
1: way. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.